0: Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's get to a preview of McLean's magazine. Of course, you can find that reading program Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio. Don Dickinson produces that show and is here to talk about a couple of this week's articles. Hey, good morning, Don.
1: Hey, Dave, I just wanted, I wanted you to know that I'm completely freaked out about my phone tracking me.
0: Uh, okay, you know, Don, it's funny. I was going to ask you about that at the end, but let's start there at the beginning. Let's talk about today's daily poll, which folks can find at Accessible Media on Twitter, at Accessible Media Inc. on Facebook. I did want to get your perspective, Don, because the three folks who have asked so far around this table, digitally at least, are all millennials, right? So th- th- there's, there is a generation gap between us and you i'm curious where you stand on your feelings about your devices tracking you and surveilling your activities and conversations
1: well i think it really depends on your age because i came from a time when you weren't tracked and there was no social media when i was young thank god (laughs) and uh and people didn't have uh, cameras at every, uh, you know, block, uh, you know, basically just, you know, ready to take your picture if you did anything wrong. So I'm, I'm of the opinion that, uh, I mean, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm kind of semi-joking. But at the same time, I am a bit freaked out when I listen to your report about the, the tracking, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, I, I mean, I'm not thrilled. I'm not thrilled, Dave.
0: It's, it's, it's definitely a compromise that we have to make. I, 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 I land, I don't mean to be so self-inwardly looking here, but I do land in, in an interesting position because I am an older millennial. I'm like right at the far older end of being a millennial. So for me, I did live a life pre-online. Right? I remember when the internet was introduced into my life. I remember when Facebook was something only available to students. As a McGill student, we were the first Canadian university that were able to get Facebook. So I, I come into this from an early opt-in phase. I was able to make these choices... But it was in a way where I I, I was able to sort of signify the change. And it's probably similar to you as well, that at a certain Mm -hmm. point you consciously pressed the button, whereas there's a lot of people probably just a little bit younger than me who never necessarily had to make that conscious choice one day. I mean, they still made the conscious choice, but it was already sort of. In the ether, it was already in the culture, it was already part of the zeitgeist, it was more natural. Whereas for folks like you and myself, perhaps we had to opt in a little more to this, which then can lead to some of those concerns, or put me the other way and saying, well, I'm not that concerned because I made this choice.
1: Yeah, no, I'm absolutely concerned. I, I, I even unplug my Google at home, my my, every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, especially if you're talking about financial matters or something like that. You know, I just, I don't know. It just, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not so trusting. You know? I like
0: that. You unplug your Google at home just to let it know who's in control. <laughs> I'm still yeah. the boss, Google. I can unplug you whenever I want to. Uh, Don, let's talk about a couple of these articles. And the first one somewhat relates to the digital world that we live in, because it's about the isolating effects of working from home and then making the workplace more welcoming if that's the world we're going to live in. So what does the author say in this article about the price we all pay for remote work?
1: Well, I found this a fascinating article. It's by Kim Samuel, and and. Basically, she's talking about the fact that in the absence of water coolers and face-to-face meetings and semi-regular pizza lunches and everything, employers are now forced to work harder to maintain a sense of cultural cohesion. Uh, These days, one of the biggest uh, business liabilities is isolation and ultimately loneliness. Which I found, and you know, after having our Christmas party yesterday, I really appreciated this article much, much more.
0: Yeah, yesterday was really nice to see uh, almost, I think it was almost 50 people who were here in the office yesterday, uh, spending time together and being merry and having fun and shit and breaking bread. It was a real nice change of pace after the last couple of years. Don, let's pick up on the loneliness thread there. What are the health problems that loneliness can present?
1: Well, it's devastating, Dave. I mean, loneliness is associated with a whole host of problems, sleep issues, heart disease, depression, even premature death. It's also toxic for workplaces. A 2021 study by the consulting firm of McKinsey and company examined what's behind the record high rates of quitting worldwide. Uh, When researchers asked managers why they thought their workers had left their jobs, respondents pointed to issues like typical issues like low pay and a lack of work-life balance but surprisingly and this blew me away more than half of employees said it was because they didn't feel a sense of community at work Mm. whether or not teams stay hybrid or not belonging belonging to uh, uh, uh and having this sense of community is so crucial to to their satisfaction of their job
0: There's some push and pull here, Don, because some people really like remote work and some people don't like remote work. But as you're elaborating on or as you're pointing out here, there are some real impacts here in terms of employee retention and employee satisfaction for those who are working remotely. So what are some of the suggestions here in terms of what employers need to do to retain their staff?
1: Well, the article specifies that more and more managers will have to build bonds by controlling less and listening more. They have to move away from uh, uh, top-down policies and towards more softer interpersonal practices like asking connection-building questions, giving positive feedback, putting away their phones during one-on-ones. They need to ask and genuinely care about workers' needs and values right from the hiring stage. And to your point, Dave, about the hybrid and remote work. It, this article is not saying that that those folks don't appreciate the hybrid work. Uh, I mean, I'm very much appreciative of it, but I also uh, agree with this very, very strongly that a company has to have something uh, on a regular basis that makes their um, employees feel as though they are part of a community.
0: Yeah, it it can be really tricky, right? Because sometimes a digital Teams hangout or Zoom hangout doesn't quite get the result you want. So it becomes a tricky balance of how do you get people to engage with one another outside of simply their professional relationships, but in a way that doesn't sort of feel super forced or super gimmicky. If somebody's already been on a Zoom call all day, they probably don't want to spend another hour on a Zoom call that night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right, Dave, you know, and, 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 it, and it can be intrusive in in in, in, in some sense, you know, because uh, obviously the, those staff members would be saying, well, hey, you know, I just spent a whole day working and do I really want to just kind of hang out, you know, with people? But it doesn't mean that those companies can't do a little bit more when it comes to the, the social programs that they're offering. And uh, you know just maybe have something quarterly it doesn't have to be all the time right mhm
0: mm-hmm. i even think about the, i even think about sort of maybe the university experience and say can you create little clubs in, inside inside your building, right? Or can you have like a little music club or a little movie club or just do something that shakes it up? It's a little bit different, but it allows people to connect at that different level because certainly uh, I'm someone who much prefers being in the office. I'm just 20 million times more productive. Home is where the distractions are. Whereas yeah. work is where work can happen. But I do miss, because we're still working very much in a hybrid situation right now here at AMI. We have a lot of people in the building, but we have a lot of people who aren't in the building. Most of our most of our editorial team is not in the building. So it, it becomes like a little bit strange, right? That we have these people who we deal with every single day. But for example, I saw Paul Daniel yesterday. I think I've seen Paul Daniel twice all year, right? <laughs> and this is someone that I talk to every day on the phone, but I don't see him that often. So it's weird. Or do you feel this disconnect with people that you're deeply connected to.
1: Yes, absolutely, and also the fact that you know the, the, when you're always in a uh, work mode with people, you're only ever talking about work. Whereas, if you have a little bit more of a social um, event, like we had yesterday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're talking about other. Other things, not necessarily work-related, and then you find that you might have a common interest. You know, uh, I find I found this very much with Karen McGee. You know, oh um, yeah,
0: Karen we, McGee. We
1: we we have a a, a real deep interest in uh, you know uh, costuming and 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 uh, cosplay and all that type of thing, and. You know, if you're if you're talking about work all the time, you're not really delving into that person or their or or their hobbies or their family life and you know, you don't really get to 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 really experience that side of them. hmm hmm
0: Especially with the in-person style gathering, it's nice that you can have those asides as well. It would have been tough for you and Karen to have that conversation on a Zoom call or on a Teams call with nine other people yeah. there. But it's yeah. really easy to have an aside when you're when you're in a room with 50 other people and you can have a little private chat. Anyway, i I, I think we've we've sort of meandered. We've meandered off the point okay. here. But, <laughs> but 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 suffice but suffice to say, yeah, if we are going to move into this more remote and hybrid world, we need to address that idea of loneliness and employee engagement, at least for the employees who want that, right? Like there's, there's there needs to be a strategy in place because there are folks who want that remote work, who want that hybrid work, but are still feeling that disconnection. It can be two things at once. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Don. let's move on to something a little bit different here, but it's really fascinating. This is more of a profile of environmental innovator yeah. uh, Naila Mulu, who's developing a newer, sleeker solar panel and plant-based plastics. So if we're going to do a profile, Don, we have to start here. Who is Naila Mulu?
1: Well, this profile is the kind of thing that you read and you think to yourself, what have I been doing all my life, Dave? Oh my gosh. You know, like, oh my God. So uh, Nyla Mulu is uh, 16 years of age and she's already making huge waves as an environmental innovator. Her body of work Which, along with uh, her plant-based plastics and her solar panel, includes two fantasy uh, novels. She's earned her spot on a Women's Executive Network's list of Canada's most powerful women. Oh my gosh! And last, yeah, I know, I know. And last April, a Woman of the Year honor uh, from DMZ, uh, uh, a business incubator at Toronto's Metropolitan University. Oh, my gosh. Okay,
0: so we have a winner here. We have a succeeder. We have an alpha. We have a top-tier individual who already has the world at their fingertips. So what kind of childhood produced such an amazing teenager?
1: Yeah, it's always intriguing to know like where these kids came. Yeah, from, Yeah, what did right? my parents uh, do wrong? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, growing up in Ottawa, Mulu was uh, a shocker—a uh, walking straight A student uh, in grade in grade five. While working on a project about geothermal energy, that just blew me away. In grade five, Dave, um, she says, <laughs> "quote I was, I know, I was horrified by fossil fuel statistics." Uh, she says, and uh, that planted the seed for me to find my own solutions three years later mulu competed in the worldwide science fair with a project aimed at reducing teen mobile usage Uh, her work caught attention of the knowledge society and uh, and they offer an after-school program that runs next generation uh canadian geniuses through what they call a rigorous academic boot camp so you know um everything leads to everything, right? Like she, she obviously was uh, an amazing student, mm-hmm. um, an innovative uh, individual and people took notice and then they put her, they gave her opportunities that other students necessarily wouldn't have. And then she just kept excelling and excelling.
0: Just keep getting those opportunities. This is clearly a very special human. This is someone who is the tippity-tippity-top of human existence. And I'm so glad to hear these opportunities have been incubating her and giving her the opportunity to keep growing her skills. So, Don, let's talk about a couple of these inventions. We have the yeah. solar cell, this new solar cell, this new solar panel, as well as the duckweed plastic that she's developing.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, she dreamed up her solar cell. <laughs> Excuse me.
0: I've had a couple of those this morning, oh. Dawn, too. The uh, the Christmas party came after it me was in the full Christmas force party. this morning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, she dreamed up her solar cell and duckweed concepts while navigating um, a heavy-duty course load. Where Whereas most solar cells are quite clunky, Mulu's portable prototype is small enough to fit on an iPhone. Get out of here. And for the I know! And for the bioplastic, Mulu decided on duckweed, which is relatively cheap to harvest and can double its biomass every 24 hours. In May of 2021, she successfully pitched the premise to a Denmark-based bioplastics company called Pond Biomaterials, how appropriate, (laughs) uh, whose uh, corporate partners include Adidas of all people. Oh my gosh. Now she spends her days off school, developing her material uh, remotely in a lab at Carleton University. Oh, my God, this kid is something.
0: Yeah, this this is someone to watch for sure. This might be one of the people who uh, changes our future. As we always say on the show, Don, children are the future unless we stop them now. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any stopping uh, Naila Mulu. Uh, Don, I'm thinking about this. When I was 16 years old, what I was doing with my free time, I was not saving the world or developing solar panels <laughs> or duckweed plastic. I was literally in wrestling message boards with fake characters having promo battles with people for fake wrestling fights like digital <laughs> fake wrestling fights that's how I was spending my free time at 16 and uh, Nailu, and that probably shows you where I'm at today versus uh, by the time is my age uh, this is going to be probably one of the wealthiest people in the world.
1: Oh, yeah. You can just see. I mean, I, I when I read this article at first, I thought of Bill Gates, you know, because when you see those pictures of Bill Gates, he looks 12. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I, I think I think he was actually 18 or something, but he does look 12. I mean, he, he just he just had it. You know, some yeah. of these kids, they just they've got it. And they're going to change the world, like oh, you say, Dave.
0: My gosh, my gosh. Hey, Don, this has been great catching up with you. It was super nice to see you in person yesterday. I hope uh, the family is enjoying the leftovers that you uh, brought home from the uh, from the table. And this is our last time chatting with you on air in 2022. We're going to catch up with you off air a few more times during our test shows for the new studio and new control room. But I want to thank you for everything that you do, not just for us, but across the AMI family. It's uh, always a pleasure catching up, Don. So all the best to you and yours over the holidays.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Dave, and to you too. Have a great, great holiday.
0: Thank you very much. That's Don Dickinson, producer of our reading program, McLean's Magazine, which you can find Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on (laughs) AMI-tv.